Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. Joining me on this edition of Live in the Bream is somebody you know and love. She feels like family to you, probably, if you watch Fox. She's co host of Fox and Friends. Ainsley Earhart, who is so many other things. She is also a best-selling author herself. Um, she is a mama and she is on the move all the time. I keep up with you, Ainsley, on Insta, mostly because your life is very fun and exciting. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Shannon? Congratulations on the new book. Thank you so much, my friend. You know what this whole process is like. And I'm so excited that you are part of um, this conversation, but also our special that's going to be on Fox and on Fox Nation about mothers and daughters. And I love that you and your family are opening up and sharing with us too. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. We get to talk about God. How great is that? I know. I know. And uh, you know, it's so funny. I got a, um, a question from somebody who was interviewing me this week. Like, how does this faith in the workplace conversation go? And I'm like, listen, Fox is totally for it. They know our viewers are many of them are very faithful people and um, that their religious convictions are at the center of their lives. And I'm so glad that they have us doing these books and things that speak to that, um, that audience. And um, we love it. So yeah, it's great to be able to talk about the one truly positive thing in our lives. And I wanted to ask you from both vantage points, first yours as a mother, how does your faith shape the way that you operate as a mom? It is everything to me. I'm constantly praying just that God not only will protect her and put a hedge of protection around her life when we get in the car, when we get on on an airplane, when we walk to school, because you hear of so many tragedies and I don't, I'm not trying to be negative, but you just you know how much you love your child and you want God, you know that God understands that because he loves us. We are his children. So I'm constantly just asking him to give me the tools to be the best mother that I can be, to show her love, to protect her, to give her a great class at school. I want the friends to accept her and love her because I know what that can be like. I had some friends that didn't have good high school experiences. And so, you know, she's little, she's six, but I do pray for her husband already. I pray for her future and that God would just allow her to love me forever. Cause I know the teenagers are coming, <laughs> 20 year olds are coming and I just um, pray that God blesses her and, you know, I'm, here's my Bible and it is, it is highlighted and written in and mm-hmm. um, many prayers over my daughter's life. So it's mm-hmm. just, this is our instruction, our instruction manual for, for life. And this was my Bible when look at this. Oh, I love it. The binding <laughs> is coming it, off. Yeah. I know. This is when I really became a a stronger Christian. When I became a Christian, when I gave my life to Christ, I was 21. So this is just, and I have Shannon, I'm sure you do too, from Florida State, where it's just things that I was going through. And I'm like, oh, yeah, God answered that. You know, I'll write Mm -hmm. in the book. Or led you through it or whatever it was. I um, have my Bible uh, at work. The one that's on my desk is um, engraved on the front from college. It says Shannon Noel Depew, which was my maiden name. And so I love holding that in my hands, thinking like, oh my gosh, the things that were such 
challenges and heartbreaks and, you know, feeling like, how am I going to get through school? How am I going to do this? Where will I find my first job? Will I find a husband? I mean, all of those things are wrapped up in that Bible. So I love that you have yours and it shows it's wear and tear. That's good. Um, we don't want them to be pristine. We want them to be dog-eared and used. And um, you talk about praying over your daughter and praying for her future and all of those things. Um, are there any specific verses or stories or anything that is special to you when you think about her? Because as you said, God looks at us, we are his children. And so we know he loves us unconditionally. And I love that because I feel like sometimes we can feel like, oh my goodness, he's upset with me. You know, like I've messed up this thing again, or I can't seem to get this right. Um, but we know he consistently tells us that, you know, essentially he's cheering for us. I mean, he doesn't want to condemn us. He wants to redeem us. And I think that's gotta be how you feel about your daughter too, that love and wanting to guide her to the right thing. Yes. Um, you have a very close relationship with your mother and I know she went through a lot in her life and she is so blessed to have you. And that's how I feel. I'm a single mother too. I know you have a stepdad, um, but, and you, you loved your dad too. I know your dad has passed away, but, um, just being, raising a, raising a daughter by yourself, you just want, you know, you just have, you need God because you're by yourself and you're, you don't have a husband to talk to about it. Um, there are friends and family members that I can talk to, but no one understands what she's really like, except for her parents and God. So I go to him a lot and, um, there's so many scriptures about raising your children in the church and they will come back to you if they, uh, fall away. So that gives me hope. And I am raising her in the church as my parents did. And she loves Jesus. We sometimes, you know, through the pandemic, we were having church at home and watching our church in South Carolina online, which I really love. And we were dancing around the house because it's mm -hmm. a lot of praise and worship music. Love I it. didn't grow up that way. I grew up in a formal church, but the older I get, and even through college, I just started really moving toward more just churches where it's praise and worship and a sermon and praise and worship. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I, I'm so grateful for the churches that I grew up in because I know the liturgy. When I would go to church right. with my Catholic friends or my Episcopal friends or Episcopalians or my Lutheran friends, I knew the liturgy. Or the Methodist church where Cindy went and we laughed about it. We're like, you barely stand up in your church. This is a great church. <laughs> you get to church. sit down. Right. Presbyterian church where they learn more scripture. So I feel very well-rounded, but um, so I want my daughter to learn a lot about going to those types of churches, but I also um, through the pandemic, we just watched a lot on online and just, we'd stream it onto our TV over the fireplace and put on our pajamas, you know, we were in our pajamas and we'd get mm -hmm. our breakfast and sit on the sofa and just watch. So it was, it was really special, but this is one that um, really stands out to me. You know, this one, Shannon, it's very popular, but if you're new to the faith, um, take heart because I did not know when I started going to a Baptist church, I'm like, oh my gosh, they have so many scriptures and I don't know where this is. And they would say, turn to mm -hmm. Jeremiah. And I'm like, where is Jeremiah? No. So, yeah. I bought this Bible that has the tabs. So right, exactly. Right. right. So we can get there much more quickly. Right. So do not worry about that. If you're a new Christian, don't let it intimidate you and um, find a church that works for you and where you're going to grow. But this is one of the scriptures that is very popular. And you grew up in such a strong Christian household where y'all knew scriptures and probably memorized them. I did not. So I didn't, we didn't memorize scripture growing up. So when I became a Christian, I love this one. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, you know it for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. And so throughout people will say, how do you know you're a Christian or how did you become a Christian? I'm like, because God has done so much in my life. I prayed for a baby. I had a miscarriage. And then I have this amazing child that was 
that I conceived three months after my miscarriage. So I would not have Hayden in my life if it weren't for my miscarriage. And I know when I get to heaven, I'll meet that little girl. It was a little girl, mm-hmm. but here I know the plans I have for you plans to give you a hope and a future. So I didn't understand that when I'm crying about my baby that I lost, but yet look what God does when I didn't get Fox and friends weekend job, when I Yay! filled in for 10 months and I didn't get it, I was so devastated, really devastated. I sat on the sofa and you know, our jobs, we worked so hard for them. We worked these crazy hours and it was really I didn't even want to have a baby until I got to where I was going to be with my job. My parents were always stressed about money and they had three children and they're wonderful people. And I know that money is not everything, but I just didn't want to be stressed as a mom. So I wanted to get where I was going before I had a baby. And so I did not get Fox and Friends weekend job. I did not understand it. I was so upset. I literally sat on the sofa and I just said, Jesus, will you please come back? And that sounds ridiculous because it's a job. <laughs> I think we've no, all had but, those moments though. Right, uh, honestly, right? like, listen, I know you're coming. Today would be great. Yes, that exactly. would work for my schedule. I kind of feel that way every day, even though I'm very happy. <laughs> but because heaven's supposed to be amazing. But I didn't get that job. And then I um, get Fox and Friends Monday through Friday after mm-hmm. Hayden's born, you know, years later. But I'm thankful I didn't get that weekend job. I didn't understand it then, but right. you know, God saw what was happening. So God knows the future. God knows the plans he has for you. And when we know that he's in control and he's in charge, then we know it's all going to work out. And it just has in my life over and over and over as long as I trust in him. Mm-hmm. Live in the Bream continues in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We see that in scripture, a lot of times God does answer a very specific need in the way the person is praying about it, but other, other times it's a completely different path. And like you said, I mean, I got fired from my first TV job and told how terrible I was. And of course that was crushing at the time. And I cried and cried and cried and was totally humiliated. That would have been a good Jesus today is a good day to come back. Um, that was awful, <laughs> but I don't think if I hadn't been fired from that job, I would have left Florida was my home. I wanted to stay there and be a Porter and an anchor there, but that forced me out of the nest, first of all, to be realistic about what I needed to work on and improve, but also it made me think more broadly. And I don't think I would have ended up at Fox. I don't think I would have had the privilege of being the messenger for these books, any of that, if I hadn't gotten fired. So it's like you said, we have to look at our, our circumstances through the prism of trusting God. There are a lot of painful things we would not choose in our lives, but they are the path charted for us and we can continue moving forward. I think about um, in my last book, I wrote about Hannah who struggled for years and years and years, wanting desperately a child, which in those days and in that culture, that was viewed as a blessing and a gift from God. And to not have that was often viewed as judgments, rightly or wrongly against these poor women. So she's in uh, the temple and praying her guts out to the point where the priest comes over her and is like, you're drunk, get out of here. And like how humiliating <laughs> she's pouring out her heart. He gets the total wrong impression of her. She explains, no, no, no. I'm just praying in all my vulnerability to God. And she explains, 
and he, he sends her away with a blessing. Like may you, you know, what you're praying about come to fruition. So, so many stories I think about that, which Hannah eventually had this child. She vowed that she would give him back to God. And she literally did that. She took him back to that same place where she'd been praying to the temple and said, Hey, remember me when you tried to kick me out? Cause I was drunk. You thought, well, I was praying about this baby and now I have him. And I told God I would give him back to you. And so she shows up and drops off her toddler there with Eli, the priest. And I think, Oh my goodness, there's so many things in that story. All of the years that she went through heartbroken without having a child being um, judged the wrong way that we all can do in church. If somebody shows up and we're like, what are they doing here? They don't have the right vocabulary to, you know, the Christianese or whatever it is. Um, They don't, they're not one of us or they're not dressed right or whatever horrible judgment we can make about somebody. That story always reminds me like Eli was totally wrong about her. This is a woman pouring out her heart. But I love that through both of these books, we're talking about women who have problems that are very, you know, 2020 too. I mean, they're infertility and widowhood and famine and big family messes. And um, again, it, it just shows us that God is working through all of it. And I know for you, your family's had a lot of painful things. You have a special relationship with your mom. And could you speak to that as well? Sure. So my mom is a very special person. She's, I'm probably more like my dad. My dad was tough and really my mom was a hard worker too but my dad would stay up until midnight and work crazy hours and get up at six o'clock in the morning and sometimes i would wake up in the middle of the night and he was still awake he wrote thank you notes to all of his um everyone he saw that day he was in sales oh i love that he was yeah he wrote hand but he had cheat sheets for all of his um all of his clients He had this big box of index cards and on every index card, it was the name of one of his customers. And he would write who they were, who sits at the front desk, how many children she has, what the children's names were. And he would walk in to sell toilet paper or to sell mats or to sell um, heavy industrial equipment to school districts and to big buildings and to the city. And he was a, a basketball coach at Wofford College, which is a small liberal arts school, you know where it is in in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is where we grew up. He was the head basketball coach for 10 years. And one of his heirs' fathers um, offered him this job. So dad said, I have three kids. I really want to put them through college because he put himself through college. And he said, um, call my mom and said, should we move to Charlotte, North Carolina? There's a position open. And so mom said, you know, they, I'm sure prayed and discussed it. And then we move. I was little at the time. So I'm, um, I just finished my second grade year. I'm third grade in Charlotte and mom was a school teacher in Spartanburg and in Charlotte. And then when we moved to Columbia a year later, cause a position came open with the same company in Columbia where my dad grew up. So dad's a really hard worker. My mom, um, I remember when I became a strong Christian and started going to a Baptist church and she did not understand that. She was like, I raised you in the Episcopal church. I raised you in the Lutheran church. My mom, is very formal, grew up a lot different than my dad did. My dad came from more of a, um, they were both, I would say middle-class, but my dad, his parents are so simple and they were wonderful and they were God fearing, but they didn't have jewels and beautiful dresses. And they were amazing, amazing people. And I learned so much from that, but I also had my mom's side of the family that was a little bit different. You know, they were more country club type people. And so my mom was very formal and did not like the idea of me going to a church where we're like raising our hands and I'm in a contemporary service. And mm-hmm. so we kind of had a moment in our twenties when we really didn't talk. We did, we went three months without talking. I'm really embarrassed by that because the Bible says to respect your mom, your mother and father. Mm-hmm. And I really grappled with that because I was a Christian, but 
but didn't understand. And so I would get off the phone, like weeping. Why doesn't she, why isn't she proud of me for most parents would be like, Great. In church. Going to the keg party, you're going to church. Right? <laughs> right. But I just think she thought I was kind of getting in a cult and she didn't understand it. You know, years later, she's in a Bible study. She's saved and um, she had diabetes, was diagnosed with diabetes when she was 39, juvenile diabetes. They called it then. Now it's type one. She gives herself shots and lots of finger pricks constantly. And then she had a stroke as a result of complications. And so she she lives in our house, but in a different, different situation. She's in the basement. We made an apartment down there for her and she has 24 hour care. My father's there, but it's a lot for him to handle. So my sister and brother and I were handling it for about two years and she was in a facility in Charlotte for a while and had wonderful doctors, but now she's back home and um, she is doing great. She, she, can't talk very well, but she's really happy. Her mind is there. She knows what's going on. She is loves to hold all the grandchildren, especially mm-hmm. the baby. My brother has a newborn baby, well, a year old. And um, she's doing great. And dad's been such a blessing to her. And having full-time care for her now has allowed us. We finally, you know, pulled together the money to do that. It's it's expensive, but we felt like my dad needed a break because he was really stressed. Mm-hmm. So now he gets to play golf and hang out with his friends some and just have a break. And Maggie's there all the time to help my mom. But um, she's doing really well and she's so nice and so sweet. And <laughs> she like can't even have a conversation. You know, her friends come to visit, but it's not nearly her, the social life, obviously, she used to have. And she's very social. So um, anyone watching, please remember my mom in your prayers, but she is, she's, I don't really think I've ever heard her say a negative word about anyone. And um, she's a really good person. Her parents were like that too. My grandmother, I didn't realize was such a strong Christian until she passed away. And all of the books that were in her, you know, in my mom's old bedroom, mom had this bookshelf and all those books were in a box and they gave them to me. And I was going through them like Mimi, you were Mimi was like had copious notes in the margin. And I'm like, she really was a strong Christian. But that was that generation that they didn't really talk about it. Uh, She just lived it. So my mom grew up around that. But um Mom is, she's just really special. And mom let, and I don't know if you, if your mom was like this, Shannon, but my mom did, she might not have understood me because I was more like my dad, but she, like, she's really shy. She would, she got teacher of the year one year and she was, did not want it because she was going to have to speak in front of like <laughs> oh, no. a panel. She is not a public speaker. It makes her very nervous. She did not want to join a Bible study because she thought she was going to have to pray in public. But she eventually did and realized, I'm like, mom, if you don't want to, they can just, just say that. Just say, I don't feel yeah, comfortable. So, yeah, right, right. But um, she's great and she's doing well. And um, she's just, she has a heart of gold. And I know where she's going on when she takes her last breath. And that gives us all, we grew up in a family where we talked about, we were kind of, we were not kind of, we were okay with death because we were raised saying, when you die, you're going to a better place. And so recently I've been watching on YouTube, all these people who have died and gone to heaven and come back and their yes. stories are all so similar. It's, like, what it's the, fascinating. It, and it makes you realize everything's going to be okay. Like you should never be scared of death. If you watch these, I truly believe it because there's no, there's not a coincidence in life. I don't feel like, I think everything's from God, but all of their stories match they're all the same. Mm-hmm. So we know where she's going. I know where my dad's going. I know where I'm going. If something, God forbid happens to me and um, just my faith 
I'm just so grateful that Jesus, it's Easter time, and I'm grateful that Jesus died on the cross for us. I hate that he went through all of that, but because of that, we are saved and we have eternity where there's no pain, no suffering, no um, arguing, no jealousy. Everything is wonderful. Mm -hmm. It'll be true perfection and just the pure unfiltered love of God, which I think will probably feel overwhelming, honestly, Um, because like I said, sometimes we, and I'm reading this great book. I mentioned it with Rachel Campo Stuffy last night. I was talking with her um, called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And it talks about what Christ is, who he is. Like he is the very embodiment of love. It's not just that he loves you. Like he, God is love. I mean, he is all perfect and good things so that when he views us and our failures, like I said, he's cheering for us. Like he is team Ainsley. He's team Shannon. He's team whoever's listening. I mean, he wants to welcome you and for you to know his overwhelming um, love and mercy and forgiveness. And he's rooting for you. And what a comforting thing. You mentioned um, the stories about afterlife and about heaven. And we just recently, Sheldon's cousin um, passed away after a year long battle with pancreatic cancer, very strong believer, way too young. But from the beginning, she was very open and transparent about being afraid and having doubts and being worried. And she really started to try to dig into what is heaven? What's waiting there for me? And she read uh, a book and I wish I could remember the name of the title. I'll try to um, include it in a link with this uh, when it goes out, but it talked about all these experiences of people, lawyers, doctors, you know, teachers, kids, whoever it is, um, all ages and backgrounds who had an experience like that. And she was able to get to, by the time she passed away on Valentine's day this year, be completely at peace, but also expectant and happy and thinking, oh my goodness, everything I've learned about heaven sounds so amazing. And I know it's only the tip of the iceberg, but now I'm at peace knowing um, without a doubt, I trust God and what he's done to cover me and to take me there for eternity. Um, But she was actually excited about what she would find there and what the experience would be. So um, I love that you brought that up because we can have um, real comfort in that. And the world, you and I cover these things every day. They're just catastrophic and gut-wrenching and such evil in the world. And I'm often asked, how do you do this job? You probably feel the same way without faith. Um, I'm not sure how to do it. And I'm, I'm grateful that we know in the end, good triumphs over evil, um, mm-hmm. that there is ultimately a good, happy, peaceful ending. And hopefully that takes us through um, viewing just how awful human beings can be to each other on this planet and knowing that God's in control. And, um, you know, I'm so encouraged by you, my friend, because you're just a light, no matter what you're doing, whether you're working or, um, like I said, on your social media or whatever you're discussing, um, the love of God is just so evident in you. And you're just such a bright shining, um, face and a heart for him. So thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. Shannon, I just am so proud of you for writing these Christian books and for, the love that you have for all of us at Fox and um, just for being a strong Christian. I am so envious and in a good way mm-hmm. that you went to Liberty and you grew up in such a strong Christian family. And um, one day we'll have to go to lunch and you can give me tips mm-hmm. on how a child from, as it, from a single <laughs> standpoint, because your mom did such a great job. Well, she was very strict. I have a feeling that you, you yeah, have got boundaries, but you I'm probably not. have good boundaries. Hey, looks like such a sweet, good little girl. So I know she's seeing yeah. it modeled in your life every day. My mom, um, she always points to this. Example. She points to this book that she had when I was little. It's still on the bookshelf at home called The Strong Willed Child. Yes. It was very popular in the 70s, I think. In the yes, 80s. I, knew, my, I know that. My, book. 
my mom's like, that's you. You're on the cover. And there you go. The end. So maybe I need to get, was it, was it James Thompson? Yeah, I think so. It's a classic. I'll make sure that we get you a copy and I'll ask Marie, my mom for some notes, but in the meantime, hugs to you and Hayden. Hopefully I'll see you in person very soon. my friend. Look what I have here. Oh, women of the Bible speak. And now mothers and daughters of the Bible speak. They are both available everywhere. Thanks, Ainsley. Love you. Thank you too. Bye, honey. That is this week's Live in the Brain. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.